I'm Katie Wallace, your host for The Sustainable League, a podcast for impactors, changemakers, and conscious leaders. We explore what it really takes to build a more sustainable world and rewrite the future's ominous narrative. If you're feeling it, please subscribe. And if you're really feeling it, we welcome your reviews and the things that stuck out to you most via social media. Connect with us on all of our social channels for more paradigm-shifting banter. This week on Sustainable League, we chat with Jamie Cohen. She helps people to use the right words. We talk about the key role communication plays in our lives, how to do it better, and why it is the foundation of building towards a more sustainable world. To fam. Okay, I just started recording. <laughs> what is up, you guys? I am here with Jamie Cohen. Cohen? Cohen? <laughs> AKA Jambalaya, AKA founder of Use the Right Words. So for people who maybe aren't familiar with Jambalaya or use the right words, if that wasn't self-explanatory enough, can you tell us a little bit more about what it is that you do? Sure. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, by the way. Um, Well, I, so I did a rebrand recently and the right words, the whole idea behind it is helping people use the words that are most effective for them and sound the most natural coming out of their mouths. Because it's not about saying the perfect thing at the perfect time. It's impossible to do that every single time, but it's being able to communicate effectively with the understanding that you are a partner in communication and that your counterpart is just as important as you are in the communication. So it's understanding what do they need? How well are you listening? Are you listening actively or are you just hearing them? So this applies to a number of situations. So I've helped people negotiate salaries and interview. I've helped executives build stronger relationships with their employees so that when they build a personal brand, they have a team of evangelists that will corroborate everything that they say, or even just working with professionals who get into a situation that they don't know how to make their way out of and teaching them what to say and when to say it so that they can move through life and move through that situation most effectively, but do it on their own accord and not have to worry about memorizing this perfect thing to say, but instead understanding how to get from A to B and to achieve their goals and get what they want. I love that. Um, Active listening is really, really hard. And I'm learning that with uh, the more that I do podcasts and things like that, because you can't just, you can't just have a rehearsed list of things that you're going to say and, and following the natural flow of conversation. So that is so essential. And people are probably like sustainable. It's a sustainable league. Like, why aren't you talking to a company that's, you know, doing whatever it is that they're doing in the green space, et cetera, et cetera. But as you know, a lot of what I do is trying to get people to understand that sustainability is so much more than just recycling and just the environment and just businesses being able to operate indefinitely. It's, it's how we interact with each other, the world, everything about the world around us. We need all of these systems to function holistically, exactly. um, which is why I wanted to have you on and hopefully like give people like an idea into um, just ways that they can communicate better, ways that they can listen better, ways that they can be an active participant in conversations. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I guess what would be kind of getting started? Let's say someone is just not like no good at communicating. I feel like I'm not the best communicator, to be honest. But, like how do people get started? Like what's something that they could like practice? Um, well, yeah. first of all, I think you're an amazing communicator. You do a great job of saying 
how you feel and what's on your mind and not beating around the bush. And that is the number one thing that I always recommend to people, especially this is something that is very American. And I talk to my international friends about this all the time. They say, why is it that in the United States, you have to talk a million ways around in order to get to the point. And if I say something directly to you, then I'm seen as rude. Mm. But that, that is true. There is a finesse. There is a way that in different cultures you communicate. But I also agree that when you beat around the bush, you waste a lot of time that you could have spent getting to understand one another more effectively. So learning how to say what you mean and exactly what you want is important. And you can do that without being rude because for a lot of people, that's their biggest fear. Am I going to come off as rude? Am I going to be misunderstood? That's the last thing I want. So let me just work my way around until I can figure out what it is that I think this person will react best to rather than asking questions and listening to the responses. So I, I was speaking to a client a few days ago who um, got into this situation with someone who had referred them to um, a, a another client who had referred them to another client and, and they, the communication wires got, Cross. They one person felt one way, one person felt another way, and then there was some conflict, and they were just wrought with anxiety because they said, you know, this stuff never happens to me. I don't know how to get myself out of this situation. What what can I do to to just fix what I think that I've started? And the first thing to understand in these situations is just because there's conflict, it doesn't mean that it's your fault. Mm. and separating fault from the situation is really important. The next thing is, even if someone is attacking you, trying to listen to what they want versus what they're saying, because a lot of times um, the party who is inflicting the, the anger or the antagonizing has not, they, they have another objective that they're trying to reach and they just don't know they're so filled with like anger and stress and whatever it is they don't know how to properly communicate that so if you can take a moment to understand okay what is this person going through and that can be a lot for people especially when they're being attacked because they think well why is it my job to understand what this person is going through when they're being so rude to me and i haven't done anything but just understanding that everyone is going through whatever they're going through. And while it's not your job to take care of them and make sure that everything's okay in their life, understanding where they're coming from can help you get to where you want to go more quickly and more effectively. So just for instance, let's, let's say that you're at work and um, your coworker comes up to you and starts yelling and saying like, this project didn't get done and you should have done this and this and that. And you're so confused because you don't even work on this project. And your first inclination is to just like push this person away and start yelling and saying, you don't, you, I don't even know who you are or what you want. Like, why are you yelling at me? But instead of doing that, being understanding can, can mitigate that whole conflict and actually create a connection with that person. So just listening first and waiting for them to finish and then saying, that sounds, that sounds like it's pretty complicated. You know, I actually don't know anything about this project, but I'd love to be able to help you. What, what do you need? How can we get this going? And then in some cases, the person might react even more because they'll say, yeah, well, of course it sounds hard. That's why I'm telling you because it's difficult. But just listening and not reacting 
and just being there and cons and consistently saying that you are trying to understand what they need help with because you want to help them. Everyone wants to be able everyone wants to feel heard and supported. So when you give them that affirmation that you're not going anywhere, even you don't even if it's true that you don't really know this person, you don't know what project they're talking about, but you can create an ally by being there for them because maybe maybe they're I mean it's likely they're not even a bad person. They just got reamed by their boss for something that they weren't even in charge of and now they're pushing it off on someone else because they don't know what to do. And if you can be their advocate and say, hey, you know, I've got a lot of stuff going on, but let me see what I can do to make this situation easier for you. Then in another situation where you need help or, um, you know, maybe you're up for a promotion or you're um, getting selected for something, that person's going to jump in and say, oh, well, you know, when um, I was having this issue, Katie jumped in and helped me and I couldn't have gotten it done without her. So I think that she should be the person that you select. And it's, it's not, people will say, well, it's not as easy as that. And no, it's not just, you can say this one thing and it's all of a sudden perfectly fixed, but it's listening actively and listening to what, what are they saying? And then trying to understand what is their goal and then understanding what can you do in the situation where you don't have a lot of power to help them get to where they're trying to go. Yeah. I love that. That's so, and I think you're right. Like it's a lot of, it's really hard for people to remember that in situations like that, whenever they're already starting to get stressed because they're like, why is this person coming at me? Um, but so one of the rules that I, one of my just rules that I have running through my head is that people don't do things to me. They do things for themselves. And mm -hmm. the same thing with communication, when someone's communicating with you or talking with you, maybe in a not so great way, like they're always just reflecting where they're at, right? The way that they're communicating with you is a reflection of where they're at. And so to always, it's, it's like, I think some people take issue with that because it's like, well, everyone should just act decent. But mm -hmm. if we go into situations and we have, we take a hundred percent ownership of, of the situation, whatever happens, like is, it's up to us. Mm -hmm. Um, and even if the person isn't coming into it, that same mindset, you're kind of teaching people as well that they can also eventually somewhere down the road, like show right. people grace as well. Yes. So. I agree. Showing people grace is such a big thing, especially when you're the one getting attacked. Um, because you can't fix every single situation, but you can accept a situation with grace, whether it's your fault or not, whether you have anything to do with it or not. And just being there to listen and understand makes such a big difference. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Not just in your life too. It's like in everyone's, you know, because like, so if you two, like, let's say that situation at the office, like what if you both got into it? Right. And then everyone around you is having to listen to it. So you're like stressing mm -hmm. out these other people and they're probably like laughing and stuff, but like still there's like when people are anxious around or it makes people anxious when it, things get heightened and, and angry and things like that. So it's better just to, to minimize and work together, which is essential when we yes. talk about building a more sustainable society, being able right. to work together, no matter what we're if it's business, if it's, you know, in government functions, if it's whole, which is a whole nother story. Um, but what you were, what you were talking about made me think too of how, um, dang, what was I thinking? Uh, so we're living in one of the most connected times in human history, right? But we're mm -hmm. so, we're more disconnected than ever. And it, I remember hearing this, this story about how we communicate and this guy was saying, 
you know, you get into an elevator with a hot girl and you like want to, you know, like you want to talk to her and, and just really like ask her out or something. Um, but instead you're like, Oh, how about the weather? Like, that's not true to you. Like, do you really <laughs> want to talk about the weather? He was like, but what if you said what was actually going on inside of your head? And I wish I could remember his name because it's actually a really worthwhile episode. I think it was impact theory to check out. Um, but he was like, it would look more like this. You know, I'm really like, you get in the elevator instead of being like, how's the weather, which is your automatic response. Just yeah. take a second and be like, man, I'm really trying to think of something to say to you right now, but I can't like, how disarming is that versus how about the weather? Yes. Like, so, um, yeah, I, I go ahead. Oh, I no, I love that because that's when I was dealing with a lot of social anxiety, getting into the elevator was such a stress, a stressor for me because especially in Chicago, I wouldn't bring up the weather, but people would always bring up the weather, which would actually give me more anxiety. So I'd get into the elevator and just be praying like, please don't bring up the weather. Please don't bring up the weather. And then they would always bring up the weather. But what I started doing and something that actually helped me move past what I was dealing with at the time was to actually just say, like, talk to the person as if they were a friend or, or, um, they were someone who you just been introduced to. So just saying like, Hey, how's it, how's your day? That mm -hmm. question is so open so many more doors than talking about the weather, because then when you're done talking about the weather, then you have to wait for that transition. But if you just say, Hey, how's your day? And they'll say, Oh, it's going pretty well. How's your day? Oh yeah, it's going pretty well. Here's what I'm doing today. What are you up to the rest of the day? And then they tell you about what they're doing. And then you have some way that you can connect into that and then say, you know, I know this is sort of out of the blue, but, um, you know, I think that you're a really cool person. I'd love to be able to just, you know, like, I know this is weird. We're in the elevator, but like just saying what's on everyone's mind, like yes. acknowledging that this is kind of a weird situation, but like, I'd love to, I'd love to like grab coffee sometime. Would you be up for that? Um, or even like you, I think a situation is only awkward if you make it awkward. So you don't even have yes. to say like, this is weird. You could just say like, I know this is out of the blue, but I'd love to grab coffee with you sometime. Would you be up for that? Yes. Yeah. That's so funny too, because, um, so my partner, Zach, well, he said, just will say really ridiculous things. And I'm like, God, this is so awkward. <laughs> He's like, it's only awkward if you say it's awkward. And I'm like, okay, I think it's pretty weird, but okay. <laughs> okay. So moving on. Um, <laughs> I feel like I get stuck on that all day because it's just so funny, like why we're just so, I feel like a lot of it too, well, I guess we're going to stay on this for a few more minutes. This is something else that I was thinking, how it's like us trying to control the situation, how you were talking about how like here in the States, we try to dance around situations and we're trying to control people's reactions and like make sure that like they're, they're minimal if it's going to be like upsetting or whatever it is. So it's just interesting that like, even in our conversations, we're just like, must control, like can't relinquish control. Yeah. Like don't, don't like, it's like chess. Like you're always like preparing for the next move instead of just being fully present. Right. Um, so I think at its core, sustainability is all, I think it is about communication, collaboration, and connection. And you and I know an organization pretty well, Relationships First, yes. super obsessed with them. And even more so because I checked out the workshop and have actively been using, uh, this dialogue in conversations with people that I normally can get into pretty heated arguments pretty quickly with. 
and it just cuts it out and you're just able to communicate just directly what you need. And it doesn't have to be a big long fight. It can just be like, hey, when you don't do the dishes and I come home and I've been working all day, it makes me feel um, it makes me feel like you don't see what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like see yeah. everything. And, and that's just the truth of it. Instead of me just coming in, like <laughs> guns a blazing, like yeah. you didn't do the dishes again. Like, don't you see how much I have to do? Like blah, blah, blah. Like that's typically what fights turn into or what just simple conversations turn into. Absolutely. And one thing that I, that I, um, hear from a lot of people is that, they'll like go to couples counseling or they'll just watch shows on how to better communicate with people. And they'll say, well, I just get so stuck on the stilted nature of when I do this, I feel this way. But the thing is, that's the, just the framework. Like that's just showing you in your mind what you need to focus on so you can have that conversation because you could come in and say, I feel really bad today because of these reasons. And especially because when I came home, the dishes weren't done and when that happens, it makes me feel like you don't care. So it's not, you don't have to say that exact like little script that makes people feel so like, well, this isn't, this is totally contrived. This is not how you actually feel. You read something and now you're saying it to me, but it's giving, it's giving you the framework so you can have a productive conversation. So you're not just saying you didn't do this and you didn't do that. And I can't believe you. And I tell you this all the time. And Instead of saying, it's focusing it back on yourself. I feel this way because of these things. And this, this specific thing that happened makes me feel that you don't care. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think it's, it's, it's great because people, when they get angry or when they're upset, they revert back to what they know. Yes. And so if you have this framework and you just start out that way and you can, everybody can like get rid of their defenses. And I think about how beneficial this would be for companies, for organizations who yes. are, because I know working in an organization, it felt like everyone's just tiptoeing around each other and nobody wants to say what's really going on and mm -hmm. things aren't working effectively, but nobody's communicating because nobody wants to upset anyone. And yes. it's like, we need a framework to be able to communicate effectively, to continue to, to build and co connect and collaborate, you know? Absolutely. And one thing that is really important with all this is creating boundaries. And people don't realize how important boundaries are. And this is something I talk about a lot because, so if you just look at the way that kids interact, the more, the more strict you are with kids and the more rules that you give them, the happier they are. That doesn't mean that they're like less rambunctious or they're like going to try fewer things, but they know where the boundaries are. So they know how far they can push. So they'll still try things. They'll still try to push the envelope, but they'll feel safe knowing where the line is and they'll know that they're pushing it versus not having any sort of boundary. So having two, one of two things happen, either so much anxiety that you are getting close to the line and you're about to cross it. So not doing anything and just developing um, unhealthy thought an unhealthy thought process or um, jumping so far over the line that you're getting in trouble constantly because you weren't told where that line is. And that's, even though that's with children, that's the same sort of thing with organizations. If your boss doesn't tell you what his or her expectations are for you, um, for your group, for the rest of the company, then you don't know, it's hard to be creative because you don't know how far you can push before you upset him or her, before you break the rules of the organization. So having this sort of conversation 
and breaking it down from group to group from like the lowest level employees all the way up to managing partners and executives that creating open lines of communication is so important. And I actually, I worked on this with, um, with the, with a client that I have from India and he joined this company and within a couple of months moved up eight positions, which almost never happens. So he had a team of like a hundred people underneath him and he was exhausted because everyone was just coming into his office constantly asking him to do things. And he was like a really just caring, loving person. And he wanted to do what he could to support his team, but then he wasn't getting anything done. And, and under like being culturally sensitive, knowing that like in his environment, everything is like very go, go, go. That's, that's how people generally interact and being understanding of what people know is important, but that also doesn't mean that it has to stay that way. Mm -hmm. So there's a difference between making change and understanding what is. And so we worked together to, to create boundaries so that he could build these relationships with his team because that was the most important thing to him. So the first thing was saying when someone came in, I think he was, he was um, dealing with um, engineers and um, developers and these people would come in and say they had some sort of bug in the system or a problem. And I said, instead of just fixing the problem, say, did you go to quality assurance first? Did you go to um, these other people that you're supposed to go to first? And he said, you know, I've tried that. And then they just say yes. And, and then they push forward. But I said, well, what if you just wait a little longer and ask them more questions to make sure they actually did that and, and said, um, please go check with these, with these people. If they can't answer your question, I'll be here. I'm happy to answer it. I'm swamped right now. Um, but if you don't get your answer by talking to these people, please come back to me and I'll help you. And at first I told him that first people are going to be pretty resistant. And so they were, and they were angry and they were yelling, but I said, stay consistent. They'll be very angry and it might be even a month or two before things change. But it was actually within a few weeks that he was doing this, that people started respecting him more, respecting his time, knocking on his door before they came in, um, asking if he could help with, a specific issue rather than just saying, can you fix this whole problem? And mm. actually helping each other, helping teammates versus just everyone flowing into his office. And so like you were saying with corporations, this is, this is something that could work in any sort of business, understanding how to create boundaries using this, the sort of safe conversations method where you're creating a safe space to have these discussions where, where whatever you say isn't going to be used against you, but instead it's going to be used to understand you. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, using dialogue to yes. help you see each other's perspective. And if they don't know what the dialogue is, like by you said, like you're talking about setting those boundaries, they're starting to learn. And it's like, we teach people how to treat us, right? Like that's, yes. that's the whole part of, of setting boundaries is we're just teaching people how we deserve and want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also in the same right gives them this, the, the power to do the same thing as well. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. Of course, this person has their own world going on. And by mm-hmm. me continuing to walk through his office, I'm interrupting his world every single time. You know, do people do that to me? No, maybe I don't want to do that to people as well. Right. (laughs) Because we make all just snap judgments um, based on, because we are the center of the universe, right? Mm -hmm. So we make 
snap judgments based on what we need right now. doesn't matter what's going on in our partner's universe because they need to listen to us. It doesn't yes. matter what's going on in our counterparts uh, universe because I have a problem that I need to be dealt with. So that's, yes. uh, yeah, that's. And so I need to dealt with immediately. Yes. Like Why can't you read my mind? <laughs> mind reading gosh that's another great one but I mean I feel like I feel like using the this dialogue that we're talking about is like it it negates all that like you don't even have to go through like all the additional problems that come along with it because you can just knock them all out and get what you both want right and everyone, a lot of, well, everyone, a lot of people think that in order to get to that place, they need to say their piece, but the way that you get to that place most effectively is saying less and listening more. Mm -hmm. So when, if your partner says something to you and it seems just like totally crazy, just stop thinking that it's totally crazy and listen to what they're saying and then repeat back to them. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to make sure that we're on the same page from what I'm, from what you're saying, this is what I'm getting. Am I correct? Because mm -hmm. if I understand what you need, I'm happy to make those changes, but I just want to make sure that I do know what you're asking for. The check-in, like the check-in with the other person, mm -hmm. because we hear things totally different than what is being said sometimes, just because we have all of our experiences, we have all our snap judgments that are right. already sitting there waiting to fire as they're saying stuff to us. Right. And so it's so that, that for me, the check-in to make sure that I was hearing correctly what they're saying, because sometimes they're like, no, that's not at all what I'm, that's, nope, that's not what I'm saying. And then they'll repeat it back to me and then I'm like, okay, I got it. Like, that's really crucial. But that's yes. also because active listening is, is really difficult. Like I said, gosh, it's so hard. It is. It is. And not only is active listening to your counterpart difficult, but active listening to yourself. I know that um, I was speaking with my husband the other day and I said something and I listened to what I said and realized, oh my gosh, that sounded so rude. That was not my intent. So I said to him, when I said this before, I hope I didn't insult you because I, what I meant was this and I think that it came off in this other way. And he really appreciated that because he did feel, I could see that he looked a little upset and he did feel bad, but he just didn't want to start an argument. And then he felt so much better. And then like there wasn't and something that could have become resentment and built up and been this huge fight. It was just totally dissipated because I did a check-in with him, but I also did a check-in with myself. Like, what am I saying? What are my actions causing? Yes. And I'm laughing because the same thing happened to me last night. Where <laughs> Zach had just gotten home from work and I said something to the, like, he was like messing with something. And I was like, oh, is that mine? And he was just like, yeah, I had to use it because mine was like, was dead or something like that. And, and his like whole demeanor just changed. And I just like, didn't think about it. And I like ran to go take a shower. And then I was like, wow, that was really rude. But like, I didn't mean, is that mine? Why are you using it? I just meant mine's dead too. You probably don't want to use it, but I didn't, I didn't verbalize that. So right. then I'm like, I, I like before I took a shower, I was like, oh, is everything okay? And then it dawned on me in the shower that like, no, you were a jerk. Like you, you didn't even focus on or like think about how it was coming out of your mouth. And then I got out of the shower and then I was like, hey, when, just now, whenever I said, is that mine? I only meant to, I meant to say it's dead and you probably don't want to use it also, like just to like save you time. Like, I don't care if you use my like whatever, it doesn't matter. So yeah, yeah. 
and and then it was cool because it opened up just like more conversation about like everything that was going on with him and he did have a long day and it was a lot there was a lot of stuff going on and um instead of feeling shut off from me he was able we were able to like communicate about what was going on right. so I swear and this stuff is so powerful it's it crazy is. <laughs> it is and the crazy thing is like this stuff this stuff doesn't happen overnight because I'll tell friends about this and they'll be like, oh my gosh, that, that just like your life seems so easy. Like, but it's not because it, it took so much work to get, get here. And I think a lot of people have this negative feeling around couples counseling, but really that doesn't mean that there's something wrong. All it means is that you and your partner are totally different people. You have to learn how to communicate with each other because you can say something, your partner can say something, and they can mean two totally different things. Mm-hmm. And so like with, I think what, what's been great about, uh, you know, our experience with relationships first is understanding that it's not just about fixing, but it's about scaling and expanding, which is something that can be related to business too, because you can't scale something that isn't that doesn't have a strong foundation and the foundation of everything is communication. Yes. Connection and communication. Yes. I love that. Yes. That's so spot on. I get really hippy dippy when I think about this stuff because it's really easy to like, so I just, I just love the idea of like oneness and fractal, fractal existence. And it's like, <laughs> this is really hippie woo woo stuff. So I'm really sorry, but, um, uh, I like the esoteric stuff just because it makes life fun. Obviously you need practical stuff too, but, um, you know, so going back to that, like if we continue to look at everyone around us as separate from, um, and they're like disregarding their experience, well, we're going to continue to like our world is going to stay the same or it's going to worsen. So if we're right. trying, if we're trying to build more resilient relationships, more resilient, um, just infrastructure, just resilient, a more resilient world as a whole, well, then this is where we start. We start with ourselves and we start by taking 100% ownership of everything that happens, what every interaction that we're involved in, so on and so forth, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I don't think that's hippy dippy. We're all, everyone wants to be connected to something. And that's why as, you know, without getting too far into this, as um, our society becomes more secular, people become more attached to brands so if you see like lululemon for example there are people that's like their life it's not just a brand they wear it's a lifestyle they go to a certain gym they only wear lulu like they they want to be part of something and that's like with any sort of community you build that's sort of the power that we have now because in before when religion i mean and religion still is important but just it's becoming there's more, there's a more secular population that is developing. And before, you know, you saw your community a few times a week, you checked in with your religious leader and they had guidance for you. But if that's something that you don't do, it's not to say that you need to have a religion, but you do need to have someone who you respect, who you look up to, who you can check in with, Mm. who you can say, this is what I've been doing lately. Am I on the right path? Am I saying the right things? Is, is, are the actions that I'm taking, are those going to lead me in the right direction or am I setting myself up for failure? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I like to ask this question to, to people because I like to have very diverse people on. Um, but what is your number one piece of advice to anyone who is looking to make an impact or looking to build a more sustainable world? 
Sorry if that catches you off guard. No, that's okay. <laughs> it, it is a loaded question, but um, just from your experience, like, you know, I think that, well, this, it's a little bit of a long answer, but I think the, at the very base, it's stop beating yourself up because there's, so the, the way that we, our inner monologue and the way that we speak to ourselves is the way that our parents or our guardians spoke to us when we were little kids or the way they spoke to themselves. So if you had a parent who like looked in the mirror every day and was like, oh, I'm so ugly. I have so many wrinkles or, um, you know, you said something and they're like, no, you're wrong. And they just said that all the time. Then that becomes, it's not that you are a negative person. You've been trained to think in a certain way. And so now when you look in the mirror, you say, oh, I have so many wrinkles. I'm so ugly. And you try to make a decision. And you're like, no, I, I can't, that can't be right. I'm always wrong. But in, in a, instead of doing that to sort of, when you're about to make a decision, think, why am I thinking this way? And why am I so hard on myself? And relinquishing that negativity you have for yourself is the best way to start making an impact because mm -hmm. it's impossible to have a positive change on a couple people, a hundred people, thousands of people, millions of people. If you're having, if you're not having a positive effect on yourself. So once you can do that, then you become whole enough to help other people. And I also want to just preface as saying that there's this whole idea that until you you can't love somebody until you totally love yourself. That I think that's something that's a little bit different because we're all going to struggle with our insecurities and no one is ever going to be a hundred percent perfect. And if we had to wait till we were a hundred percent perfect to meet the person that we're going to spend our time with, we'd never meet them. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that if you can try to just be kinder to yourself and you're working on that every day, then when you're doing work with others and you're working to make an impact, that impact will be more effective because you'll be, you'll be copying, you'll be paralleling the work you're doing on yourself to the work that you're doing for other people. Mm -hmm. And I think also that if you're really having trouble getting out of that mindset, if you're dealing with depression, if you're dealing with things that are just totally out of your control, the best thing that you can do is start helping other people, volunteering, doing things that have nothing to do with you because the more you focus on yourself, the worse you feel. The more you focus on other people, the better you feel. And focusing on other people, I don't mean comparing yourself to other people, but focusing on what can you do to help your community? What can you do to help your friends? What can you do to help people that want to be helped? Because you know, another caveat with that is that you can't help people who don't want to be helped. So I think the whole idea of, with everything that we've been talking about is checking in with yourself, checking in with the people around you, checking in with your partner and understanding that making a difference and making an impact, it takes time. But as long as we're doing that work on ourselves, we'll get there step by step and we'll be able to align with other people who share our same vision. And by, with that, with the whole idea of connection, collaboration and communication, we'll be able to, as a whole, make a bigger difference than we would just make trying to do so alone. Yeah. That was so good. Holy crap. Yes. Because it's all like, that's the number one thing that I say. If you want to make an impact, you have to start with yourself and you have to like, just take inventory of what you got. Like, doesn't like nothing bad, like no good, no bad, just what's there and what yes. can you do with it? Because I mean, that's kind of, I mean, it's really similar to my story. Like that's how like my grandmother passed away in February of 2015. 
and it forced me to look at my life and like I just I thought like she had lived this really wonderful life that was true to herself and I looked at my life and I was living it for everyone around me my self-talk was you're a piece of shit you're a terrible mom you're a terrible wife you're not a good daughter like all like that's how I talked to myself and like literally from that day forward I had like this running mantra in my head that when I would start to have these self-defeating thoughts I would attach to the mantra and just repeat it over and over and over and like even look in the mirror and say it because I, I didn't believe it at all but it's crazy how you start to repeat something that is positive and you're saying it to yourself and you are deprogramming all this year, all these years of unconscious behaviors that you've been carrying around mm -hmm. and the trauma that you picked up and you didn't even know that you had it. And you've been like carrying the weight of somebody else's pain for a really long time, you know, yeah. like, that's a whole nother trip and like conversation. But like, yeah, I think that's, that's really good. Start. Yeah. Start with you. Start with yeah. how you're treating yourself. And look at the impact you're making. <laughs> it's true thank you i'll just say thank you so yes. i don't like start to diminish myself right, right <laughs> that is a big thing when someone gives you a compliment and i used to do this all the time when someone gives you a compliment don't give them 10 reasons why they're wrong mm. you can just cut the conversation into a tenth of what it would have been and say thank you that's a great compliment. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm so bad at saying, I get so weird about compliments. I'm just like, yes, that is me. That is me. Yes. I'm amazing. I'm yeah. hmm. the more it's, it's absolutely true. The, the words that you say to yourself are the words that you will believe. And if you're just saying the mantra to yourself and you still don't believe it saying it in the mirror is huge because even though you know it's you your brain seeing it's just like a dog like looking at a mirror that thinks it's another dog and it's interacting with that your lizard brain is like okay this is another person saying this to me so i can believe it and you say it long enough that you don't even see the image as yourself anymore but it's just another person and then it's easier to accept and if you do it every single day you know, you, you, the actions you make, the words you say, those make you feel differently. Totally. It definitely does. I mean, you could look at, I mean, what, Joe, like Joe Dispenza, Dispenza, are you familiar with him? Yeah. Okay. So like, he's a really good example of, of your, how your thoughts can actually manifest and how, when you're constantly stressing yourself out, like it's, you know, and you have a constant cortisol drip and uh, you're treating, treating yourself poorly and you feel that way about yourself, you're going to behave and your body is going to react to that. So yeah. this isn't just woo woo stuff. This is no, like, yeah, there is some science here as well. <laughs> no, it's, it's so true. And I think that's something that's something that is so important to consider. Cause I know that I've worked with some people who, um, say that, you know, I did everything right. I said all the right things. And then I, I, started doing this weird thing with my arm or like started standing in this weird way and all of a sudden no one wanted to talk to me. But really what's happening is when you do that thing that you think that people are noticing, you start acting differently and people are responding to the shift in your energy, the way that you're acting. It's not some weird thing that you're self-conscious about. It's not your, your big nose or your crazy eyebrows or your sharp jaw, you know, if you have a weird finger, no one cares about that. It's like, why are you all of a sudden changing when a moment ago you were a certain way? And that's like with, if, if you beat yourself up for that, 
and you have that cortisol drip constantly dripping, then you start panicking and you start breathing differently. You start expelling a different energy. The people around you, they don't necessarily know what changed, but they know that they don't like it. And so maybe they stand back and they move away. They're, they give an excuse about why they need to leave. You know, it's not, you have more power over your situation than you think. We, mm -hmm. the way, the words that we say to ourselves, the actions that we make, they make a huge difference on our day to day. Yeah, definitely. Heck yes. Okay. Was there anything? Oh, where can everybody find you? So you can find me on LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash in slash Jamie dash Cohen. Jamie spelled like Jaime, J-A-I-M-E. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Jamebalaya, J-A-I-M-B-A-L-A-Y-A. Um, all social media is under Jane Belaya. And in just a few weeks, you will be able to find me on my website, use the right words dot com. Woo! Awesome. Yeah. I needed you to spell your name because I think I misspelled it like 97 times. <laughs> like, lovingly, like, this is not how you spell my name, but it's actually this. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll keep misspelling it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get it eventually. I believe in you. <laughs> I swear. Well, then now I'm getting really psyched out because I'm like, wait, was it this way or was it this way? So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get there. Um, <laughs> cool. Is there anything else you want to throw out into the sustainable league ether? Just that whatever you're doing right now, believe that you have the ability to achieve that goal. If you believe in yourself, you know, my mom used to always say to me that if you can't get in the front door, you climb in through the window. You, you decide the path that you take. And even if your dream doesn't seem, if, if, even if the dream that you were hoping to achieve, it becomes a different version a version of that dream can be just as good as the original dream to begin with. Yes. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jamie. Thanks for Thank jumping you, on with me. And that is the end. You are dedicated and I love it. Thanks for sticking around to the end. If you're feeling it, please remember to subscribe and I would love to connect with you. Find me on any social media channels and tune into Sustainable League next week for more paradigm shifting banter.